0: Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. God, we thank you. We thank you for just the awesome way you watch out over us. God, I pray you'd open our hearts, our minds, that um, we'd hear whatever it is you'd have us hear today. God, work in us, create in us new hearts. And we thank you. That you loved us so much. You sent your son to give it all up for us. God, we thank you for your love. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Break on through to the other side. You know, I think I've said this before, but I never ever thought I would hear a door song at church. You know, <laughs> yeah. Break on through to the other side. I think that's exactly what we want to do when life gets you down, when you get thrown that curveball in life, and you just want to break through to the other side. You want to you leave all that garbage behind, and next few weeks we're going to look at what God's Word has to say, because God has a lot to say about breaking through to the other side in life. And What we're going to do is look at doors. We're going to look at the doors in our lives. Those uh, uh, things that we face, that that we struggle with. We're we're going to look at how to unlock doors. We're going to look at how to open doors, how to deal with, and I don't know if you've had this happen, but a door getting closed in your life. And we're just going to look at the doors and, and see what God can teach us through that You know, I figured out something this past week, that there are really two types of people in the world. Those, you ready for this? Those that love Star Trek, and those that really could care less about the show. And uh, you don't have to identify yourself uh, at this point, but, you know, regardless of whether you like Star Trek or not, there's a statement at the very beginning of the show that, I think almost everyone knows. Um, you, you might not, if you were raised Amish, you might not know what we're talking about. But the, the fact is that the whole show is built on this premise of a group of people that are exploring outer space. And they're on a mission, and their mission is, and if you remember it, say it with me, to boldly go where no man had gone before, no, no person had ever been. And I I love that line, to boldly go, to boldly go. You know, I believe most of us want to boldly go through life, that we're not content with merely surviving in life, getting by, that uh, what we want is to experience the best that life can offer us. You know, I believe most of us want to explore. We like new frontiers as long as we're safe. And we're okay with the unknown sometimes. But we want to live life that's full of adventure. And I think deep in our our soul our, our hearts long to live life to its fullest. And God put that desire in you. God put that and buried it in, in your heart. And it's interesting, you see this with even little children in life. You know, I, I told you, I I'm love being a grandpa. And I've noticed all my grandkids, they, they've got this, I'm going to do it myself mentality. And Ethan, uh, he's three years old. And since he was really young, he would say to me regularly, I'd be playing with him or something. And he'd go, no. No. Ethan do it. And um, so we'd be, like, trying to cut his food up. And he'd go, no, Ethan do it. You know, we're playing with a puzzle, and I'm trying to help him. And he'd go, me do it. You know, building Legos. No, me. And he just, he said that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times because he wants to do everything for himself. And I, th- I think this is built in our, our DNA. Now, when he would have a dirty diaper, I would carry him and go, no, Grandma will do it, you know. But it was like, it's all about relationships and life. We, we have this incredible drive in us, and that is to boldly go through life. And unfortunately what happens is that drive gets wiped out. And it gets wiped out by a killer disease called discouragement. You know, discouragement, it, it can jam you up. It, it can destroy your passions. I believe it can box you in a little bitty room and lock you out of what God has for your life, what God's plans are, are for your life. Because discouragement is deadly. It's deadly. Something we all go through. We, we all face it. We're, we're all going to have those off days, maybe off weeks, months, even off years sometimes, the season of life where things just don't go the way we planned. And we all have them. We all have those times when we feel like giving up or you ask this question, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, what do you do when a door gets slammed in your face? You know, what do you do when when it gets closed and bolted in it and it's sealed tight i mean how do you react you know I, I think that's one of the reasons that the book of nehemiah is in the bible it's to address some of the the issues around dis- discouragement and how do we handle that what are some of the cures you know jerusalem's been ransacked in fact it's been destroyed it's it's a pile of rubble the city is And Nehemiah, that's his hometown. And what he does is he leads a team back to Jerusalem and he's going to rebuild the city. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, "...so we rebuilt the wall until all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts." Nehemiah, he leads a group of Jewish people back to Jerusalem. They're rebuilding the wall all the way around Jerusalem. And then Scripture goes on and says, Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the labor is giving out. And there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, Before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to their work. So I want you to picture this. The people... Are working. They started the project. They're kind of cruising along. They're making progress, and they're moving toward. And suddenly, they're discouraged. They're discouraged. I mean, they they want to open the door in their lives. They want to break through to the other side, but they didn't. It's a curious thing. I mean, why? Why, why didn't they? I mean, there's several reasons, I think. The Scripture says the strength of the laborers is giving out. It's giving out. I mean, a few reasons why we're unable to open the door in our life. We're unable to, to leave discouragement behind. You know, we get trapped in, in this room. One of the reasons is a thing called fatigue. Some of you came in today. I could tell fatigue has set in. You you, you ought to to sit up here sometime and watch people when they they sit down, when they first come in to, to the service and they sit down, and about half of you go, Huh. Fatigue, friends, will discourage you. The people have been working a long time. They're tired. They're weary. They're worn out physically. They're exhausted. They want to open it. But they can't. I mean, when you're physically down, when you're worn out, it it is difficult, it's really difficult to be up emotionally, to mentally be on top of your game, to relationally connect when you're exhausted, to, to spiritually be strong in your life when you're just worn out. I tell people often, you know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is just chill out, take a break, get some rest. Vince Lombardi, he said, uh, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And it's true. I mean, maybe you don't need a change in your life. Maybe you just need a vacation, you know, a little break. You know, farmers understand that. They rot- rotate the crops. They leave the land uh, and they don't do anything with it and they rest that part of the land for a season because they know if they'll give it a break there's a greater harvest you know it's like the uh, wood woodcutters that are cutting down the trees and the real young guy the up and comer he challenges the old timer to a contest and so the young, young guy he's cutting down trees he's working he didn't even take a break all day And he's thinking, man, I'm I'm just going to blow the doors off that old man. And at the end of the day, they started counting the wood. The old timer won by a landslide. And the young kid, he's like, how is this possible? How is this possible? He says, you know, I worked all day long. I didn't even take a break. You know, and I saw you regularly. You were sitting down and resting. How is it possible that you cut more than me? The old-timer said, well, when I was taking a break and resting, I was sharpening my axe. You know, friends, fatigue will make you dull. It'll run you down. It'll mess you up. It'll get in your head, and it'll just mess your life all up. I mean, when do, does fatigue and discouragement usually set in? Well... Scripture says, so they, they built the wall until all of it reached half its height. Half its height. Fatigue, discouragement, it usually comes midpoint, halfway. You know, everybody's got energy. If you notice this, everybody's got energy when they start a new project. When they deal with a problem and it's new Uh, Or they're working toward a solution at the beginning, you know, or they're they're making a commitment. They're pretty good in the beginning, but after a while, the newness wears off, the shine or whatever. You know, maybe we get bored. Maybe we get tired. And discouragement, it sets in. It sets in. You know, you start climbing the mountain, you get about halfway. You know how this goes. What do you do? You usually look back and go, wow wow, you know, it's discouraging. A lot of times people get about halfway and they go, you know, maybe this isn't God's will for my life. You know, discouragement sets in. And the fact is, I think that's why so many people don't finish anything. They don't open the door because they're just worn out. So fatigue, that'll keep you from opening that door. Another thing is, is frustration. Frustration will keep you from getting to the door. It, it will stop you short. It'll make you live with discouragement. The scripture says, and there's so much rubble, the people are saying. You know, people are rebuilding the wall, and there's all these broken bricks and mortar and all kinds of trash, and they're tripping over it and stumbling over it, and and it's just in their way, and it's frustrating them. How many of you have ever tried to remodel your home and live in it at the same time? Right? Advice would be not a good thing. puts a lot of stress on life because it's frustrating. You know, all this stuff we're tripping over. There's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild. We can't rebuild the wall. The people are frustrated. They're going, you know what, this is ridiculous. What were we thinking? I mean, what were we thinking about opening that door, building the wall? How many of you have a job where it's like never done? You know, it's never finished. Honestly, if you work that kind of job and you don't figure out that you just got to unplug, it'll eat you for lunch. I mean, as soon as you finish one project, there's another one, and it gets discouraging. And how many of you have figured this out? Things don't always go the way you planned. Oh, boy, that's the understatement. That'll frustrate you. You're moving along, things are going really smooth, a few complications, an obstacle here or there, add in the fact that we make mistakes once in a while. And get this, this is the newsflash of the day. Not everybody's helpful. (laughs) Did I hear an amen? (laughs) And it's true. Frustration will stop you dead. It'll keep you from opening that door. You want to open it, but you can't. It'll keep you from moving forward and making progress in life. Another thing that'll trip you up along the way is a thing called failure. Failure will keep you from opening that door. It'll keep you in a room full of discouragement. The people are working. They're not able to finish the wall as quickly as they had planned. I mean, when you you get stalled in life, When you take that hit, and you're not quite as far along as you wanted to be at this point, confidence goes down, doesn't it? I mean, you lose heart sometimes. You lose that enthusiasm, that that passion, and we get discouraged. And here's the key question. How do you react to that? I mean, how do you respond when your plans collapse, when you don't finish the goal, in the proper amount of time. I mean, people do several things. Some, some go on the self pity route and it moves them away from the door. And you know, I can't believe this. You know, nobody in this world even cares what's going to poor me. And on and on we go and it just takes us off the path. Some of us go on the blaming detour. Oh, I love this one. I can't believe how stupid I am. See, we blame ourselves. You know, if I was just smarter, if I had just done this, and then then it gets ugly because we turn it outward. You know, if you'd have given me a little bit of support, this wouldn't have happened. It's all your fault. I could have if you would have. And man, that'll mess you up. And then we just start complaining, you know. I can't believe this is happening to me. This is impossible. Look at all this mess, and nobody else is even caring about it. And look at these conditions. You know what? I am out of here, and I am so through. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this. And just, just when you think you're going to make it to the end, somebody moves the end. But you know what, friends? Failure, failure. Is only a temporary setback in life. But it'll keep you from opening that door. And there's one more, fear. Fear will keep you from opening that door. What's behind the door? I don't know. Fear, it'll mess you up. You'll get discouraged. Verse 11 of our scripture says, Also our enemies said before they know it or see us, You've got to kind of see this as whispering almost. We will be there and among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. You see, the enemy didn't want to see them rebuild the wall. They were going to do whatever it took to keep them from rebuilding the wall, from going through to the other side. I mean, at first they, they ridiculed them, they criticized them, and finally they threatened them. We're going to kill you. We're going to get you. I mean, you like to be criticized? You like to be threatened? You like to be afraid? I mean, nobody does. I mean, it's crazy. The Scripture says, verse 12, it says, Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, Wherever you turn, they will attack us. I mean, if you're constantly living around, and hear this. If you're constantly living around negative people, hearing negative stuff all the time, guess what? You'll become a negative person. It infects you. I mean, what what fears are discouraging you today? You know, is it the fear of embarrassment, the, the fear of, of failure, the fear that somehow people will see that you're not perfect? You know, is it the fear that you can't handle the pressure? You know, i just got to get out of here. I can't, I can't take it. You know, stop and do a little uh, kind of a checklist in your life. You know, what's causing the problem of discouragement in your life? What, what is it that's discouraging you? What, what is it that's keeping you from opening that door? You know, it, inevitably, it's one of those four things. It's fatigue, frustration... Failure fear it may be several of them. It might be all four of them But something keeps you from opening that door and breaking through and you need to identify what those are and what's interesting is God gives us a way to Break through a way to deal to defeat Discouragement and it's right in the same passage that that we've been looking at you know The first thing is we need to rest we need to rest Nehemiah the first thing he does is prescribes a little bit of rest for the people if you read the chapter he actually proclaims a holiday several holidays so that they could restore and rebuild when someone comes to me and they're discouraged at some point in the conversation they're they're battling with this discouragement thing at some point I'll say to them and it's a given I'll say you know what you need to get some rest. You need to just unplug for a little while. And it's amazing how many times and how much better we feel when we do that. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, things look better after a good night's sleep, after a little bit of downtime in our life. You know, we've got this syndrome, I think, in the United States that we go out and we mortgage ourselves to the hilt and you know we get all this stuff and we spend our entire lives trying to make payments on all this stuff and and we keep trying to maintain this lifestyle that we've created and the thought is well i'll just keep hustling and i'll hustle harder and pretty soon the health goes and then the family deteriorates and then our spiritual life goes bust and then we drop out of church and drop out of sight why Usually because we're tired. We're tired. We think if we can run harder and faster that we'll get a handle on the, this discouragement in our lives. Psalms 127 it says, God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Some of you ought to write that scripture down. You ought to put it on your refrigerator. You know, Put it on a card. Put it on your desk. You know, God wants you to get some rest in, in your life. It says, you made my body, Lord. Give me sense to heed your loss. Here's what some of you have done. You, you've boxed God out when it comes to the physical part of your life. You, you've got this skewed view of that God's only interested in my spiritual life the rest of it's it's just mine I got to deal with it and the reality is God's concerned about your emotional and, and mental health he's concerned about your relational health he's concerned about your physical health they're all connected they all have to do with our spirituality You know, God has a lot to say about like eating right and getting our proper rest and exercising and relaxing and taking care of our bodies and finding balance in life. Rest was so important. that when God said, you know what, I'm going to put the 10 biggest laws, put them in stone. One of those was every seventh day rest. Isn't that interesting? I mean, if you ignore if you ignore that, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to find it difficult to open that door. But with some rest, you can start moving toward that. Another thing we need to do is reorganize in our lives. When you're discouraged, you need to reorganize. Sometimes, the Nehemiah he saw that the people were discouraged. They they were disturbed. And struggling, and so he took action. Verse 13, it says, Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest point of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And remember, they were afraid that they were going to be attacked. And so what Nehemiah did was he reorganized them. He created small groups. He didn't give up on the goal of rebuilding the wall. He just reorganized things. You know, when you're discouraged, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. Do you hear that? It doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the wrong thing. It may simply mean that you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it the wrong way. Our, our tendency when we're discouraged is we just give up on whatever the dream was, whatever the goal. You know, I, I guess this, this is wrong, you know. I guess this isn't going to work out, you know, I can't make it happen, and so we bail. And it might be, it just might be, that you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it the wrong way, you need to reorganize in your life. God doesn't want you to give up on your dream, in fact, I would argue God put those dreams in your heart, and especially when they line up, you know, God's not going to take you somewhere, you know, that's going to mess you up. But if it falls in line with what God designed you for, then maybe you just got to readjust, reorganize. Sometimes God just wants you to try a new approach in life. He wants to shake it up a little bit. For instance, if you're going into debt, reorganize your budget. You're dealing with uh, being overcommitted in your life. Reorganize your schedule. You're out of shape reorganize your lifestyle your eating patterns those kind of things does that make sense i mean are, are you are you discouraged because of the the um, just immense amount of, of pressure and workload that, that you're carrying you got to reorganize it, it amazes me that as americans we we plan everything in our lives except our lives You know, no one starts a business, or they shouldn't start a business without what? A business plan. But lots of people live life, and they have no plan for it. And they wonder why they never get where they're going. Well, they don't know where they're going, so how could you get there? I mean, it's kind of all fouled up. Reorganize your life. Set some priorities. You know, make sure that what's important matches what you're doing. You know, I've said this over and over. God ought to be at the top of that pyramid. And then your family ought to be there. And then church, work, those kind of things begin to fall, fall in place. But you've got to get it straight. You've got to get what's important, what's important to you. You know, guys hear that. Because so many times guys get this one all squirreled up. They think it's about job and money. Not going to matter when they put you in the grave. Nobody's going to care how much money you made. They want to care how much you connected. Nehemiah he groups the people by family, and it's interesting that he, he does that design so that they can be there for one another. That's why we're always pushing at at church here. We'll say, get in a small group. Get in a small group. Why? Because you need each other. It's one of the reasons that the church exists over and over and over in the Bible. It encourages us to support one another. It says serve one another, love one another, help one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. In fact, 50 times in the New Testament, you hear one another statements. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I need help. Now, hopefully you didn't say, I need help, like it's a question, because it's not. It's a statement. You know, we all need help in life. The fact is, if you're a Lone Ranger and you're doing things on your own, you're going to get discouraged. It's going to mess you up. That's why you need to be in a small group. You know, whether it's a home team or one of our service teams here, you know, men or women's group, a ball team, I don't care. But it's a way to connect. You get connected, and when you're connected, you've got other people to support you because you need help sometimes. Sometimes you've got to reorganize if you've got the hope of breaking through to the other side. You also need to remember, need to remember, verse 14 says, after I looked things over, Nehemiah's assessing things, he says, I stood up and said to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Nehemiah is is looking. And what usually happens is we get discouraged when we get our eyes off God and we get them focused on our problems. You know, we get our eyes off a solution And get caught up in the circumstance of our life. The Bible over and over, David, when he was discouraged, there's a little line that says, he encouraged himself in the Lord. I mean, when you get discouraged, the first thing you ought to do is reconnect, recommit yourself spiritually, recommit yourself to to God, to, to draw on that spiritual resource that God's given you. And I think, specifically, you remember a couple things here. You know, I mean, you need to remember, first of all, God's goodness in the past. Remember God's goodness in the past. You know, start making a list of all the good things that God has done in your life, those positive things. You know, I've always loved this song, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord's done. You know, scientists say that the healthiest emotion that you can have, see it kicks into the physical body here, and that is an emotion of gratitude. It's the healthiest thing. It it triggers stuff in your system and chemicals and all that stuff. And and that attitude of gratitude, you know, you got to sit down, write it out, physically write out how God's been good to you through the years. You remember God's closeness right now, here now, right this moment, God is with you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, whatever, God's there. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 28, He says, Lo, I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus will never, ever leave you. He's always there. He's always there. You know, sometimes life's challenging. Sometimes it'll leave you reeling. Sometimes you wonder which way's up. Sometimes you feel like the count is going on, and you wonder if you can even get up. But it's been my observation, and my experience in life, that you always go through, and you never go through it alone. God's always with you. And when you realize you're not alone, it helps. I mean, everybody else may abandon you, but God won't. And then to remember God's power. Over and over again, the Bible talks about the power of God, the promises of God that, that we need to latch on to. Isaiah 40, it says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God says, you know what? I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I'll see you through this, you get your mind off that discouraging circumstance and you get your mind on God. It makes all the difference. You know, Psalms 119 says, I'm completely discouraged. I lie in dust. Revive me by having a really good meal. No. Everybody grab the ladies. here. are going on a shopping spree. Ooh, that'll do it. Going to Cancun. That'll do it. Watching a lot of TV. That'll fix it. No, what's it say? Revive me by your word. Your word. When you get discouraged, you ought to remember God and you ought to get in God's word. One of my favorite uh, stories is Jonah and the Whale. You know, and Jonah's in the bottom of the sea, in the belly of the whale. And it says, Jonah writes these words. He says, When I had lost all hope, I once again turned my thoughts to the Lord. It was the turning point for him. There's one more thing. It's going to keep you from opening that door. You may want to open the door, but it'll keep you from doing it. And this can help you, it can push you forward. And that is, you've got to resist. You've got to resist discouragement in your life verse 14 nehemiah says don't be afraid of them remember the lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes he says you know what fight put up a fight against discouragement take on the opponent You know, too many people, I think, are willing to kind of dance. You know, we're going to dance with discouragement. Man, it's not that bad. Hey, you know, don't date it. Don't make it your friend. Fight, fight it. Push it. Get it, get it away from you. But you got to fight. You got to fight if you're going to open that door. Sometimes you got to push through the pain and the frustration and and the challenges of life. I like what. Uh, D.L. Moody, the evangelist, he says, I've never known God to use a discouraged person. I mean, you don't determine greatness by talent or wealth or income or education. I believe you determine it by what it takes to get discouraged in life. It's that quotient that you set sky high. As Christians, I think we're in a spiritual battle. It's a supernatural struggle in our lives that keeps us from opening that door. You know, Scripture says that the evil one is the accuser. He's always in your head. True? He's in your head saying things like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. (laughs) You're blowing it, man. You are blowing it. You call yourself a Christian, you got to be joking me. You're nothing. You're never going to be anything. Give up. Forget it. Bail. And he's always trying to keep you from opening the door that God wants you to open. Keep you from moving forward. He wants to keep you discouraged because he can keep you messed up. James says that we're to resist the devil. You know, it's a war. We're at war, friends. And you have a choice. You have a choice to make. You can, like, settle in with discouragement. Ah, man, I'm discouraged. Mm. That's not so bad. Our friends, you can focus on that door and you can fight and you can do whatever it takes to keep moving toward the door. You know, what are you looking at? What are you looking at right now? The, the problem in your life or the possibilities? You know, the setback or, or the solution? you Are looking at the situation or are you looking to the Savior? Because it's a choice. It is a choice we make. And great people, I believe God's people, they just don't know how to quit, how to give up. They just keep on keeping on no matter what. They never give up, even when the door gets slammed, even when fatigue sets in, even when they're frustrated, they feel like a failure in their life, they're paralyzed by fear, they just keep on keeping on in their lives. There's a traditional saying that uh, the Jewish community uses regularly when someone's going through suffering or a loss of a loved one, those kind of things. And it's three letters in Hebrew, and it means... This, too, shall pass. And they say that statement because it's, it's a, a core concept. They consider it very basic to the faith. When a problem comes and you get discouraged, you know, here's the concept, that it didn't come to stay, but it came to pass. I mean, you may think it's the end of the world, You may think, you know what, I'm discouraged. I'm down. But friends, this too shall pass. And sometimes you just have to keep pushing to the door. And walking through the door. Because over here, when you break through, you go, whoa, that was worth it all oh, the pain of getting to the door. you got to break on through to the other side. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you that you promised to be with us, that you can give us the strength. God, I know there are some here today, that came and they're discouraged. Life's dealt them a a blow. They got news this week that just taking the wheels out. God, I pray that you've given them the strength, the wisdom, whatever it is they need to do to keep moving forward, keep moving toward that door. God, they break through, become a living testimony of your power, your strength, testimony of how greatly you've created us. God, forgive us when we fail. Help us to pick it up. Just keep moving on the path you have for our lives. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.